Hello, hello. Welcome back. It is Leading Women in Tech Time, and I have such a kick-ass show for you today. I am super, super excited about this episode. I have some of my favorite people on the show. I've had the honor to work with these three women over the last six months on becoming coaches. And actually, two of the women, as you're about to hear from, have actually worked with me for longer than that. I've been coaching them for a while. One of them I've been coaching for years now, actually. And they all decided earlier this year to train as coaches. And they have different motivations for doing that, as you're going to hear on the show, whether it's to become a better leader, to become a coach full time, or to use coaching alongside her leadership in her own business. You're going to hear how these three women are using coaching as a technique differently and how it's elevating their careers. I'm super, super excited. You've heard from all three of these women before on the show. And I think it's really interesting that these women keep coming back into my lives. There's something I think I love about my community is people tend to stick around. We're not once and done round here. We are a community. We're actually chatting after we finish recording about how we all need to get together um, as alumni of the coach training program that they're going to be talking about on today's show. So without further ado, let me reintroduce these women to you. And they can tell you a little bit about what they've learned about themselves and about their experience as training to be coaches, why they decided to do it and how they're leveraging this every day, including in their personal lives. The first guest we have on today is Helen Fanucci. Uh, she was on earlier this year talking about her book, Love Your Team, a survival guide for sales managers in a hybrid world. She was at Microsoft when she spoke to you last, but she is now going out there and running her own consulting business coaching executives and helping organizations really accelerate growth, leaning into her sales background. So she's somebody using coaching to make her better at being a consultant, which I just adore how that's all come together for her. We also have Megan Walsh on the show. Again, somebody who was on earlier this year, talking about her first 90 days, in fact. Megan, as you probably heard in the show back this spring, she actually works for me as a coach, but she is still a full-time employee at a big tech financial firm in the US. She has a background in cognitive psychology and neuroscience, which she does talk about how that's been interesting in addition to her coach training in the program. And she is just learning really how to use coaching to create that exceptional engagement with her leaders. And then finally, we have Catherine Vandever, who I've been honored to know for years now and is truly a light in my life. Every time I speak to this woman, I speak to her most weeks. She is a global software engineering leader. She is a VP of engineering and simply extraordinary in her leadership capability. So I think adding coaching into her leadership toolkit was a really fascinating choice. And she digs into that a little bit in the show. But she's worked for some of the most extraordinary companies in the world. VMware, HP, NetApp, Sun, Apple. She's, you know, name it, she's worked for them. And so to hear her talking about how at this point in her career, she's brought coaching in has just been incredible. So without further ado... Let's get these amazing women onto the show. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Welcome to the show, ladies. It is an absolute honor to have the three of you back and the three of you together as well. 
Thank you, uh, Tony. Great to be here. Thanks, Tony. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, thanks, everyone. I'm really happy to be here today. Oh, I am just unbelievably honored to have the three of you back. Um, some of my favorite people right here. <laughs> and I've had the pleasure in the last year to work with all of you in some capacity or other, some of you in multiple capacities. And that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted all of you on the show, because we're going to be talking today about coaching. But before we dig into coaching and specifically how each of you have used coaching to up-level your career. So not just being coached, but using coaching as part of your toolkit. I would love to ask all of you to give us a brief update on what's happened since you were last on the show. Let's start with the person who was on the show least recently, Catherine. Uh, Catherine and I have known each other for a number of years now, and I am completely honored to have her in my life. But for those of us who are new to the show, Catherine, or maybe people here haven't heard from you in a while, could you give us a brief update on who you are, what you do, and why you're here? Sure. I'm a vice president of engineering at a startup company called Bluewell, which is a state firm affiliate. I've been with them for about two and a half years now. Um, I've been in the software industry my whole career, um, focused entirely on R&D, and one of my specialties is change management. And for me, coaching is just a big part of that process of change management and helping people go through and navigate those waters and where things are stable and where there may be concerns from individuals as, as that process, as we navigate those waters. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Megan, tell us a little bit about you since we were last on the show together, which actually, I think you're the most recent of our guests, in fact. Yeah, I think I was. Um, Helen and I probably recorded around the same time, but I am still at uh, my current company, which is a Fortune 500 financial company, where I'm head of research looking at associate experiences on our enterprise platforms. And since I was recently on the podcast, I completed the Coach Academy and got my certification and have started to actually coach on the side as well as apply that in my day-to-day job. And so I'm super excited to be here and talk about how transformative the formal education is to being a leader and my future career. Oh, thank you. Uh, Just transformation is so key here. That's what we do around here. And I think that is like epitomized is what coaching is about transformation, right? Helen, what about you? Yeah, thanks. Um, So I actually have left Microsoft and after a multi-decade career in high tech, first as an engineer and then as a sales leader, I decided to uh, venture out on my own. And so I'm currently doing uh, consulting and executive coaching consulting in the area of revenue acceleration and so delighted to be here with all of you. It's really an honor. Oh, thank you. I mean, I I would say I'm completely honored to have the three of you, not just on this podcast. And I, on behalf of the audience, we're all honored actually, because you are three kick-ass ladies, quite frankly, and such incredible role models for women in tech out there. But I personally am honored to have you in my world, which brings us to coaching. The three of you have recently been through what Megan hinted at there, the Ignite Coach Academy. That is my program for training coaches. When I started out on this journey, I never realized I'd be training coaches, but I did realize quite early on that I was doing something fairly unusual in coaching. And that's part of what I want to bring to the world. And the three of you have been through this coach training program. And really, I want to now explore with you through the rest of this episode, how you're using coaching as part of your toolkit in the current what you do. And obviously the three of you are doing different things. You're using coaching in different ways. 
So let's dig into this. Let's start with why is coaching an important part of your current work? And let's start with Megan on that one. Like talk a little bit about why coaching is foundational to what you do. Yeah. So one of the big reasons I actually sought out coach certification in the first place is I used to manage a large team. One of the things that I didn't have the word for was what I enjoyed so much about leading a large team and leading leaders of leaders. Uh, And with my most recent career transition, I took on a much smaller team with the promise of growth. And of course, with the economy the way that it was, that didn't exactly pan out. And so on one element, it was very personally motivated to have interpersonal connections to enable people to kind of unlock the opportunities that they have, move past barriers, et cetera. And then on the other flip side, which I knew it would be beneficial, but not as I I didn't realize how beneficial it would be until I actually completed and went through the training, but really enabling myself to step back as a leader in a way that enables my team to grow and I can grow the kind of the future of the leaders within my company. And so for me, when I apply that within my work, we just actually went through mid-years and the feedback that I got from my directs, along with the people that I've been able to coach vertically above me, laterally, has absolutely blew my mind in terms of how I've been able to create an open environment. We talk about holding space and not necessarily problem solving in it. And that to me has just really accelerated the growth of my team to be able to approach problems in a different light, to take that security to move forward. And then on the side, I'm also coaching. And that in and of itself is one, personally, I want to make the world a better place. It is difficult as a female in technology and data science. And I get to do that every single time that I have a conversation with somebody. It's something that is really empowering, but also watching these women overcome obstacles, get new opportunities, get the raise, uh, find out why they're unhappy in the first place and say, actually, this place is toxic. I need to move. Let's go through there. So those are kind of the personal reasons and what has resonated with me throughout it. Oh my God, that just blows my mind. I mean, partly you're saying a lot of the things that I'm most passionate about and why I'm a coach, you know, that ability to change the world. I view it as a privilege and an honor every single day, the impact I can have on technology. And I love that you, you're feeling that, but just the change that it's made, that, that stepping back, as you say, as a leader, and holding space without having to solve all the problems for our teams, which I know for many of us as highly ambitious and competent leaders, like we're kick-ass leaders and it's so easy for us to solve everybody else's problems. And actually that's not the best thing always for our team. And um, so that really, I love that that's one of the things that you've really learned about yourself because it took actually for me becoming a coach to realize how damaging my inability to step back and hold space was, it was like, oh, I should have been doing this all along. So I love that. Helen, let's listen to you next. Would you share a little bit about what you've been doing with coaching? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I have always had the philosophy that a leader's job is to support their team. And in fact, I wrote a book and called Love Your Team. So it's really about empowering and having your team be the performers and providing the support, not the doing or advice giving. And so coaching is really about helping the team solve their own problems. And the Coach Academy was really appealing to me because 
you have a framework that I've never seen before, which really focuses on the kind of where that individual is at emotionally and how they're feeling and looking at this their situation. And I love that because particularly in tech with all of the changes and the layoffs and the different transitions that companies are making, it impacts people very personally. And if someone's not really okay inside, it's really hard to help them see the possibility of how they might move forward or have them realize and kind of be open-minded to think about what's possible. And so I love your framework. It's unique and it's really made a huge impact because it helps me first consider the situation with that individual emotionally and personally mm. before the kind of issue or topic at hand. Well, thank you. I, I love that that's the one of the ways you're really recognizing the power of it. Can I just ask though, when you when you started out, you know, you and I met in January for the first time. And I remember us having a chat and you're like, oh my gosh, you train coaches, can I? And I was like, well, sure, sure you can, yes. Did you know at that time that you would be using it to do executive coaching now? Was that oh, part of your ambition? No, I just really, so I was with Microsoft and I was wanting to up-level my ability with my team because, you know, work is a people business. It's all about the conversations mm -hmm. we have with people, whether it's our own team or we're trying to sell something or get our ideas across. And so I really felt like it was foundational. And no, I had no idea that I'd be doing executive coaching. And then when I uh, left Microsoft, I was speaking with a woman who was stepping into a new CEO role. And she said, would you help and come work with my senior leaders? Uh, because we could really use, you know, an outside perspective and extra support. And so I had no idea. It's all, it's serendipitous. Yeah. 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 I, sometimes life is that way, right? And But the thing is, you took the action. In my mind, you knew that this was something that was important and you took the action. So the serendipity is really that you opened that door for yourself, which is something we talk about in the program, actually, is like how when we put ourselves in the right state of mind, we open doors. I've I've already talked about it on the podcast in the last couple of episodes about this reverse neutral forward. And it's when we're in that neutral state that the doors open for us because we're open to the opportunities rather than stuck in that negative reverse cycle or so focused on our ambition going forward that we don't see the doors open to us. So I kind of, you did that for yourself. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's such good training, because, you know, because it's so ubiquitous, no matter what you're doing in your career. I I truly believe that. Yeah, 100%. Well, I would say that, wouldn't I? I'm slightly biased around here. <laughs> um, Catherine, what about you? How are you? I, I am really excited to listen to you because you're the one really using coaching in her day-to-day -day leadership operations. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think it's a lot of what Megan and Helen have said. It's that applying it internally. You know, there's a really big part of the people side. I mean, leadership is to the point where, you know, if you keep the people healthy and happy and productive, and I really like the emotional health part of this, Helen, that you brought up, because I think that's so important. Um, really listening, giving them space, helping them work through issues, helping them navigate uncertainties, then we can really just release their potential. And so there's a lot of that, I think, that we apply every day. And we need to apply as leaders. It's not just 
you know, being there with uh, subject matter expertise in any one area, it's really being able to connect with people, making sure people connect with each other. And often coaching helps that, helps people through that. Um, and so that's a way that I've been able to, to really use it at work. And it's, it's making, it's allowing people to be their authentic selves and helping them mm-hmm. figure out how to get there, how to get there successfully. And just, again, I love the creating space concept because I think that's a, a really important part of it, listening and helping them work through those. And for me, the, the RNF, is a really great model. Tony, I felt like I hadn't heard that before. What I really like is you really do have that cycle of dialogue with individuals to help extract from them where they are and where you can bring them. And I I think that framework is just really, really powerful. Yeah. And it's just keeping it top of mind all the time, right? As leaders of where I'm hearing a bit of R here, I'm hearing a bit of reverse, but I'm hearing a bit of forward as well. Where, where are they really at? Whereas before I think, before I actually developed that framework, I was just confused. I'm like, wait, I'm hearing all these different things. What's going on? <laughs> and it was actually like realizing I needed to formalize this framework that really opened up my coaching abilities. Um, so it's so nice to hear that the three of you are really using it out there in the real world and like finding it as a really great way as, you know, one of you said, I think it was Catherine, you said about allowing people to be their authentic selves. That comes from allowing them to get out of that reverse, allowing them to be more neutral in their decision-making. That's when we find our authenticity. Oh, just so beautiful. Can I add one more thing, which is I've also used it with myself because I've also started recognizing Mm. when I'm not in the best frame of mind and that framework also kind of self-coaches myself. Yes. Well, I was actually going to come to that next. So I love that you've brought that in because- Self-coaching is something that I think all of us now do, Um, even though I have a coach and certainly Megan, Catherine, you're both coached by me. I'm still honored to be your coach. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, even with a coach, I think one of the things I've learned is that by being able to do some of this self-coaching, I have much more powerful conversations now with my coach. Like I go so much deeper, so much faster, but it also we self-coach as we coach, I think is one of the key things. So I'd love to know a little bit from each of you about what changes have you seen in yourselves as a result of training as a coach? Let's start with Helen on that one as he went in there straight away. Yeah. So I would say, okay, I, first of all, is noticing where my mood is because if I'm not in the right frame of mind, it's really hard to have creative solutions to my own problems. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I've been monitoring my sleep and things like that. Um, to, and so when I detect that I'm not of the right frame of mind, I might take a break, go for a walk, meditate, what have you. Um, but then I start thinking about, okay, what are the tools I have in my toolkit to move myself forward. If I'm trying to get over here or do something new, where are my strengths and how can I apply them to that situation? And so it's kind of like this mental checklist that I have developed, which is, am I okay emotionally? Have I had enough sleep? You know, am I hungry? Whatever. And uh, and then what tools do I have to take the next mm-hmm. action and what next action do I need to take? And so it's kind of, that's how I do it. Oh, I love that. Actually, I love that you pointed out sleep there. One of the things I'm doing, which I don't think any of you, well, Megan knows this, but I don't know if anybody else does. Uh, one of the things I'm doing this summer in my Lit Up Leadership Academy is I'm talking about the self-coaching I'm doing to improve my mental health. 
my brain health. And one of the first things I'm looking at, and I'm talking the Academy program through my self-coaching, but I'm looking at my sleep first and foremost, because my sleep has been (laughs) one of the things I have struggled with most of my adult life. And I have to say it's in a better place now than it has been ever before, because I've decided to focus on it. But part of what what we realize as coaches is how all of the pieces of our physiology allow us to show up in a right way, which actually is great leadership 101 is how you show up. So I love that you're immediately like, part of my toolkit is my sleep, because I would say that sleep and food are like foundation. (laughs) Would you agree with that, Helen? Absolutely. Let's go to Catherine next. What about you? What have you learned about yourself as a result of becoming a coach? Um, Well, I've learned that the epitome of, you know, preloading questions or preloading a response, I didn't realize I did it as much. (laughs) One of the things that I've learned through the academy is to really be present, to really listen and give your full attention to the dialogue that you're having and not not think about a response instead really listen to to the individual and others around you and be more patient in how you deal with people and for me that was a a real big discovery um, on how I have have interacted with people before and now how I look at it differently I think also it does give me um, patience that I I think I do look at am I approaching this right take a deep breath I like the Helen, I love that you talked about, you know, walking around the block or doing a bit of, med- bit of meditation. For me, it's kind of that four box breathing, just taking a deep breath mm. and then going back into something and trying to set my mind in a different place um, as I go back into it. And, and yeah, taking a break when I need to. So what I've learned is I know I'm an impatient person. That's just my nature. But I've learned a lot of patience through this. And I've learned to be patient with myself and patient with those around me. So that was a that was a really nice discovery. And I feel like as a result, I'm just a lot happier. I feel more positive. I probably have a smile on my face more than I do normally than normally than I used to, because I I just feel a sense of calm because I'm just able to take this and look at it from a different perspective. I, I love hearing that, that sense of calm, because we have that inner peace. And one of the things I love to talk about is this simultaneously holding our ambition and impatience along with patients, you can hold both things simultaneously. And I mean, almost anything, I feel like we can pull them apart and hold two things simultaneously rather than like, but this is this is who I am and I can only operate in that way. We can always split it and we can have space for both. I think that's what, to me, coaching really allows us as the coach to learn how to do. I think that's kind of like where you're getting at there, Catherine, is learning how to hold both things simultaneously and it's okay. Yeah. Megan, what about you? What have you learned about yourself as a result of being a coach? Yeah, plus one to everything that Helen and Catherine just said, uh, for sure. And on that most recent comment, Tony, that you were mentioning, I think there's, in addition to being happier, because I, through coaching other people, it all of a sudden becomes like, well, that's a really great thing that's working for them. I might as well try it, right? So there's some things that you're learning through working with other people. And then there's that quick self-coaching. I think there are two things that were particularly unlocking for me. And they're really around polarity and challenging the idea of polarity and challenging the narratives of the stories that we're telling ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes it's like, well, either it's me or it's them presenting, right? As opposed to, okay, how can we actually, how can both of those be true? How can we honor that? 
And then also just challenging those self-narratives. When we're coaching, right, one of the big things that we say is like take space. So afterwards, make sure that you've got time, you're kind of recouping and you're transitioning into the next piece. And giving that pause has enabled me to actually rewrite my own narratives about either what's happening in the workplace, what's happening about me. Oh, I can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Or this is the way it's always been. And I'm catching a lot more of that. And I think that is also that self-fulfilling like cycle that has improved my overall mental health, my ability to have better work-life balance, et cetera. But really that challenging of the narratives and then also challenging whether or not the polarities are true polarities or whether we can hold space for ambition and patience, as you said before, or in a relationship, right? Like I can love you, but I'm really mad at you right now. (laughs) Those are not, but that like, that all comes out at work too, right? Feeling really frustrated by somebody who you respect and how do you navigate that? Right. And so those are like some of the major benefits for me. Oh, I love that. Well, actually that brings me nicely to, I was going to ask you each of you, what would you say you've learned as a coach that has made you a better leader? Now you've already all touched on that a little bit. I wonder if there's anything else each of you would like to add that's actually helped you as a leader, first and foremost, not as a coach, but how are you a better leader as a result of what you've learned? Um, Megan, do you want to start? Yeah. So First, I think it really helps me have the language and formalization of what is coaching, what is mentoring, and what is teaching. And when do I need to tailor each of those styles for the different associates or audiences that I'm working with? And then it's also given me the ability to unlock the potential that's been holding people back. So particularly with change management, leadership changes, and shifting priorities, a common theme in the day-to-day is change. So like, hey, change is constant, but understanding to start with mindset first and being able to hold that space for associates who are really frustrated that what they've been working on for the past six months got ruined. That's not the time to say, it's okay, here's what you're gonna focus on, now go. It is enabling to hold that space and have them feel embraced. And I think one of the most like overwhelming responses to that has been the sense of, I feel like I can show up authentically as myself. I feel like my emotions are not opposed to my achievement at work but that honoring them, I'm actually a better Mm. employee. So like my team has just absolutely, I think, catalyzed since I started employing some of these practices at work. I I love that you hit on there like that mindset piece, because it is, as we talk about in the program, it's mindset, then plan, then build. Like if you you don't have the mindset in place, your team can't do anything. Um, And I think it's far too much of the time as ambitious driven leaders, we forget that our mindset is great, but our teams isn't. And we have to like slow down enough to recognize that and catch them up before we can plan as a team. So I love that you picked up on that, Megan. And I I just, you sound like the most (laughs) kick-ass leader. Uh, Just like embedding all of this stuff in there. I just, it's beautiful to hear. Um, Catherine, what about you? How would you say coaching has made you a better leader? Anything to add on this? I think a lot of it is, a little bit of what I said before, which is, you know, being consciously present. And I think really working to avoid distractions in those, in those moments um, for me and, and allowing again, that, that space for people to, to talk about what's on their mind and be able to help them work through it using some of the frameworks that, that we learned through the coaching Academy. I, I feel like there's a really big part of trying to draw out individuals that I haven't before through a lot of the the training that we've done here. But it's it's also a little bit of just 
recognizing that my role is, you know, obviously we're here for their success and focusing a lot more on their success and making sure that I understand where their concerns are and how, how we can work through anything that might be on their mind for them to be more successful or work through a problem. And it's, it's a little different when you're at work because you're a lot of times you're coaching people you're working with instead of coaching somebody externally. So you do know a lot of the background. So it's important to kind of reserve on, on what you know going into those conversations and look at it with a fresh set of eyes or a fresh perspective and not carry that baggage into those conversations. That's one thing that I think I've learned when you do it at work, it's very different. Um, I don't know if Megan, if you have experienced that same thing, but you really do have to almost divorce yourself from from some of those feelings and some of those experiences that you've had and look at things from a, from a brand new perspective. And that is, that's where you have to self-reflect on your own being and say, how do I then create a mindset for me that allows me to go into this, that doesn't carry this from what I know in the organization, whatever dynamics are happening and how this might affect, affect this person or this team. So kind of coming into it really differently. And again, it comes back, I think for me, it's just that level of patience and that level of being present in that moment for that person at that time in their situation and circumstance. Yeah, Megan, did you want to follow up on that? Is there, are you recalled out there by Catherine a little bit? Yeah, well, I, I agree 100%. I think that whole mindset tip, it's not just for them, but it's also for us to be able to step away from that context because there are difficult relationships. We all have been run over by different people that we work with. And to be able to like have somebody who you're working with, who's going through the same exact thing, that can bring up a lot of emotion for us. And so being able to take that and say that that doesn't belong in this space, this space is for this person and I'm going to help them unlock. I think it helps us enable them, right? As opposed to like, hey, we're united front. We both don't like this problem or we both have the same problem. Enabling them to think more creatively and come up with solutions is incredible. Love that. Helen, what about you? What have you learned that's made you a better leader? Well, I would say leadership opportunities are everywhere. So I can see the demand for advice giving coming my way all the time. And just to step back and ask good questions and provide that kind of coaching and leadership to, to problem solve or have them problem solve on their own. So I used to have the frame of mind that coaching and leadership was for my team that worked for me. And I see that that's actually a false premise that whether it's coaching and providing leadership up or even with my children and asking the questions. And, and it's such a ubiquitous skill that I think it makes me a stronger contributor no matter where mm. I end up going, whether it's, you know, with a waiter at a restaurant who's I'm interacting with or what have you. I, and I have also discovered I end up having more personal questions and connection with strangers, whether it's on the airplane or as I said, with a waiter. So that's also been super interesting. And I think it's related to the question and the curiosity than anything else that I've done. So it's absolutely right about the coaching, you know, kind of taking coaching into life. 
Yeah, I, I love that, actually, because I think a lot of what we now do is we learn how to observe in a different way. And I've always been a very people curiosity person. But I think the coaching skills just allow us to observe in a whole different manner and really like understand that person in front of me who is being difficult. Actually, I can understand better where they come from and get them to get on side with me. I get fewer problems now dealing with customer service reps who are causing problems for me than I used to because <laughs> I get their psychology of what's going on. It is striking. Let's change gear a little bit. I would love to know for each of you, um, we've talked a lot about all the different elements of the program. Obviously, there's a huge amount in there because it is a 12-week program. But I would love to know if you've got one thing that you would say is the most powerful aspect of what you learned inside the Coach Academy, what would it be? Anybody want to go first? I will. It, I mean, it's the reverse neutral forward framework and focusing on the emotional state first. That That's it. Fabulous. And it, it just boils down to such a, a nice little like reverse neutral forward. Obviously, we talked about that for weeks inside the program to like really dig into it. But like once you get it, it just it's just there. Boom, like reverse neutral forward. Where are they? How are they feeling? What are the limiting beliefs that mean they're stuck in reverse? Like all those pieces. It, yeah, I can totally understand that. Uh, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I would say the limiting beliefs piece, having the language and kind of working through some of those exercises. Uh, the other huge benefit to the Coach Academy, I'm just going to do a plug. We all, everybody on this call, got to coach each other. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we started a week at, into the program, right? So it's not like, oh, you're super prepared. You have all this content, go out and do it. The act of actually just starting to do it with each other, having these phenomenal women be generous enough with their time. Uh, so all of the content, but really that added almost immediate experience really solidified how to actually implement that. And I think we can read everything, right? I have a background in cognitive psychology. It all makes sense. But that act of, I got to get on a call with Catherine. I think she might've been one of my first people that I coached, right? And it was just like, oh, this is how it works, right? So that igniting what you're learning almost immediately so that you can rapidly improve in what you're doing. I love that. Thank you, Megan. Uh, I, I, I was actually going to call out the fact that um, you all got to coach each other. And I think I heard from all of you how you thought everybody else in the program was just so amazing. And oh my God, I have to coach them. And I'm like, but all of you are saying that about each other. <laughs> and I, I think that is actually one of the things I love about the program is because, I mean, we it's not limited to women. I should say that up front. Although so far we've only had women come through the program because my audience tends to be women because of what I do in the rest of my work. The coach training is not limited to just women. But I think for many of us as women, we do think everybody else out there is better than us. <laughs> and then it was just very interesting to me to listen to each of you when we were having our private discussions that all of you were like, oh my God, these women are amazing. And I'm like, yes, and you are too, by the way. <laughs> Catherine. What about you? What would you say is the most powerful piece of the program? Um, it was the RNF, the reverse neutral forward. I felt that was really powerful because I hadn't thought about it in that framework before. But I think there's a lot of truth on how you can apply that. And then that check, constant checking in through that process. I think the other was making sure you're really getting to the root of the problem um, and not just a superficial um, solution or a superficial answer or problem because I think when you when you really use the RNF you kind of have the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper and find out if there's more to it than just what seems superficial and I found that to be mm. um, very powerful 
And I know that, um, Tony, you use that. You've certainly used it with me to get to the root of some really great problems. I've had some great peer coaching with Megan through this whole process and the whole academy. And it was really valuable to, to be on the, even as a recipient, to, to think deeper mm-hmm. about something that I had a concern about and think, and think about it in terms that I hadn't even thought or admitted to myself. So, you know, how do we do that for others? Mm-hmm. How do we help others through that journey? So then they can dig into, you know, something that might've happened years ago, which is putting their mindset where it is today. So it's, it's really that RNF framework that I thought was incredibly valuable and how to use that. It's so funny to hear you that say that, Catherine, because obviously now, particularly Megan and Catherine, you're coached by me regularly. And so you see some of what I teach you in, in practice. And I remember a conversation I had a, a long time ago now, Catherine, um, where you were in a group with a lady at one point in a coaching group with me. I was the coach. There were several of you in the, in the group. And that lady said to me after the coaching session, she's like, I need to learn how to coach because you just took Catherine to a whole new level that I wouldn't even have thought of. <laughs> and she she went through the coach program like over a year ago now. And I, I to that to this day, I'm like, okay, that is why I do what I do, because we we get to this whole other level and it's it's a wonderful place to be because that's how we make such great progress on ourselves as leaders, as our t- with our team, is when we can go down and just like, get rid of that surface level. The surface level is not what's interesting. Like that's the triage piece that we do a day in, day out. It's that underneath. That's where the game changing stuff is, which I just I love. Okay. I think we, we've heard a lot of like you all saying like Coach Academy is great, but like, I'm just going to ask it straight out. Would you recommend coach training to somebody else now that you've been through it? Um, let's go. Let's go with Megan first. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think what we've talked about here demonstrates the value that we've gotten, not just as leaders in our day jobs but the benefit that we've gotten to ourselves. And I would say whether or not you're an individual contributor who is looking to have more influence at work, especially if you're a new manager, I think there's so many challenges as you become a manager that this coach training just ignites. And or if you're a senior leader just looking to be better at what you do, learn some of these things, it absolutely 100% is worth it. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, I love the fact you just dropped in. It ignites because that's why we call it Ignite Coach Academy. I love that. Well done, Megan. <laughs> but I would love to know if there's a reason somebody shouldn't do coach training. Do you have a reason in mind at all why somebody shouldn't train as a coach, Megan? So I think there is a certain level of emotional bandwidth as you go through this training that you're going to be doing a lot of self-exploration. And so I would say somebody who's in the midst of a lot of change somebody who is experiencing something very dramatic, I would say enable yourself to hold space while you're going through that and utilize this in kind of a next phase. But because of, I think the journey that you go on as you learn all of these tools requires a lot of that self-reflection. So just ensuring that you have the time and bandwidth and emotional space is I think the key of whether or not you should do, should or should not do it. Oh, that's that's really interesting. And it kind of explains a little bit why Megan, Catherine, you've come to it after being coached for a while as well, potentially. Catherine, would you would you agree with that? I would com I would completely agree. Um, I think you do need to be um in the right space for it. And I, I think that it is great for a new manager. It is great for someone who wants to really bring out the best in others as as our job is as leaders. 
Um, I also want to just briefly touch on what Helen said about being able to take some of these skills to our own families and kids, because I've been using a lot of these skills with my kids as they're trying to navigate their own careers and help them through some decision points. And it really is a, a very powerful way to interact with others. It's it's honestly, Tony, it feels like a bit of a life skill. It's not just a coaching where mm-hmm. I'm coaching an individual. I feel like it, it's a really nice skill that we um, could use just from that perspective too. So I have found it to be just really valuable. Kind of like a 360 degree life skill too. I love that. I love that so much. Well, Helen, what about you? Uh, would you recommend this and why wouldn't you recommend it? Yeah, I would recommend it. And You know, I signed up in the midst of layoffs and changes in my company, Microsoft. And um, at first blush, one might think, oh, I've got to wait until everything, the dust settles and know where I'm going to end up and what's going to happen. And that might be, quote unquote, a reason not to take it. But for me, I felt like I needed to immerse myself in something new so I could think differently and have new tools as I navigated the changes at work. So I actually think chaos at work might be an indicator for actually doing the Coach Academy and not sitting on the sidelines, Mm. which might be more common sense, but I think not a good idea. And I think also part of what you all hinted at, but maybe hasn't been articulated as part of going through the program is you get a lot of coaching. Part of training to become a coach is that you are going to be coaching each other for the first six weeks at least. Um, I typically ask that you do at least 10 hours with each other before you then go out and start coaching other people. And so you're getting coaching in order to become a coach, which I think unlocks so much. I mean... (laughs) Uh, yes, you aren't at the beginning. You don't all know what you're doing. Um, although I'm always there in the background mentoring each of you through the coaching process. And I watch, as as all of you know, I watch and I will review. And I think I think most of you, if I watched a recording where you were being coached, I quite often would pop in Slack and be like, hey, so did you think about this? <laughs> um, so it's kind of, it's a really interesting one to tackle if if you've got that bandwidth because it can unlock so much at the same time. So it's really about having the, the mental bandwidth to be open to being coached, I would, I would assert. Is that, is that how you're feeling about it, Helen? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's important. Yeah. Well, I would love to wrap this bit of the conversation up with what is the number one piece of advice you'd give to someone considering whether or not they should add coaching to part of their repertoire of skills? What would you say they should know if they're considering this? Anyone want to go for, actually, I'm going to pick on Catherine first because I don't think she's gone first for a while. Sure. I would say, you know, it's an investment, right? We have to think about the investment of time to learn and being willing to learn and being willing to reflect on our own skills as part of learning this new skill of coaching and realizing where we have deficits as we're learning how to, how to take these tools or like the RNF tool and the RNF framework into those conversations. And I, you know, that would be what I would, you know, recommend is, is, you know, do you have that bandwidth? Do you have the cognitive space in order to take that and and self-reflect as you're learning this? Because I think that's an important part of it is you are learning a lot about yourself through this process. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Uh, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I would, I 100% agree because I feel like that was a a nice summary of some of the things we just touched on. Uh, I would also add 
like thinking about where you are in your career, in whatever transitions you might be going through, recognizing where that cognitive effort should be for you right now. I certainly, I think communication is one of those skills that can always be improved. We touch on communication in the Coach Academy. We touch on it in Lit Up Leadership Academy. Uh, But there's nothing like if you really want to improve your communication, taking this training as a coach, because you're in, you absolutely have to enforce all of those lessons. So I'd say if you're really looking at improving your leadership skills, uh, particularly around communication and influence, I think this is really, that's when I would absolutely recommend it. If you're in a phase where you're like, Hey, I need to learn an all new technology, maybe in six months say, all right, now I'm going to revisit that. Right. But make sure that you've got that bandwidth that Catherine had mentioned. Oh, 100%. Helen, what about you? What's the number one piece of advice you give to somebody considering this? Coaching is life. It's about connecting and relationship. And, you know, I agree with Megan and Catherine, you know, having the bandwidth to kind of self-reflect, but coaching is life. It's a ubiquitous communication skill. Beautiful. So beautiful. I'm actually going to throw each of you a question that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you because I've just like thought this would be a really nice way to wrap up this bit. I would love to know what's next for you in terms of using coaching in your career. Uh, Megan's already kind of hinted at some of the stuff. Yeah, I would love to know, like, what's next? How is coaching going to frame you moving forwards in your career or personally as well? Megan, do you want to start? Yeah, uh, I think going through this really helped me crystallize what my North Star is, and that is being that change agent and enabling other people. And so my future career is to become a full-time coach. And so as I go through that transition, I'm employing it in my day job. I am actively taking on uh, coaching with other individuals. I get the pleasure to work with Tony within the Academy, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been so exciting and rewarding. So I'm looking forward to continuing that journey. And that, that is one thing I will just share with the audience is I do from time to time invite members who have graduated as coaches from this program. If they would like to apply to work with me, I do do that um, because we are growing our programs and we need more coaches. And, you know, I am very passionate, like the number of conversations I have with women in tech who were like, well, wait, hold on. Why are you different? I don't, you know, if I'm going to work with another coach inside your program, how's that different? Every single one of my coaches is trained and mentored by me, like Megan because we do something, as all of you are hinting at here, we're doing something very unusual. We aren't traditional coaches. And so I'm quite passionate about that, that if you want to work as a coach in my program, you have to have been through my coach training (laughs) because there's no other way to do it. Helen, what about you? How do you plan to use coaching in your career moving forwards? Yeah. So um, as I continue to do consulting engagements and I see executive coaching as well as coaching inside of a consulting engagement to be super critical because it's the people skills, the listening, the really understanding so that I can deliver the impact uh, and success that my clients are looking for. Oh, I love that so much. And, And Catherine, what about you? I think a lot of it is just continuing to, you know, take an internal to my team and continuing to make sure that I can give them the space and help them find their potential and coaching opportunities within. Um, I'm not planning to, to take a career at this, <laughs> at this point. For me, it's like, how can I use this as a tool in my toolkit just to be a better leader 
Yeah. And that is why I wanted the three of you on because you have three very different ways of approaching how you're using coaching. I just think it shows that variety of the value it brings. It would be very easy for me to just talk about it all by myself, but it sounds like the only career you can have is becoming your own coach leader, like CEO of her own company like I am. And actually there are so many different ways of doing this. Let's move on to the quick fire round because although it's not coaching, training related, I just can't help myself. I love these questions. I think you've all answered at least some of them before, but I'm going to see if there are any updates here. So first question, and we're going to do Helen, Megan, and then Catherine on this. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Helen. Yeah, it is to um, ignore my personal feelings and do quote unquote, what my boss wanted me to do. And it created a disconnect for me that ended up feeling like a lack of integrity to do that. Mm. And so um, there was another way to approach it, which is to have a more straight up conversation. But anyways, I was told, no, you should really do what he said to do because that's the right way to do it. And otherwise you'll hurt your career. So it comes down to a personal you know, integrity thing and where I stand in it. So that is what I would, that was bad advice. Yeah. Oh, very bad advice. Megan, what about you? I'll do a different one than I did the last time because there's so much bad advice out there. I'll say uh, it is don't do it because you need money, right? Like, so don't do it because you need safety. This kind of reliance on make sure that you're doing the safe thing as opposed to doing the thing that inspires, lights you up, et cetera, because you don't know what's actually behind that door when you are stuck in that safety area. So kind of being hamstrung with take the safe path. Mm, Yeah. So key. Catherine, what about you? Probably a little bit of what Helen had said. I've had, I don't know if it's advice or just cultures where I've been in a culture where I felt like I had to compromise my own ethics and integrity and values in order to achieve the person above me and their personal goals. And it was just feeling like that compromise was, was, was not where I wanted to be. And, but the pressure was on and just being able to say, no, I, you know, I, I can't do this. And I ultimately left that role, but I don't know if it was a single piece of advice or as, as much as it was just, a feeling that I was constantly being asked to compromise my values um, mm-hmm. in order to, for this person elsewhere in the organization to achieve their their career goals. I do think it's really interesting. The three of you have all picked up on something that I think is is part of what we address as coaches: is being true to our values, being true to who we are, and learning how to stand our own ground in the right place at the right time. We've all kind of picked on little some advice that we've been given that has been detrimental to that. I find that fascinating. (laughs) Okay, next question I'd like to ask you all is, what is the last book you read or listened to? And would you recommend it? Catherine? Oh, boy. I don't know if I can even answer this, Tony, because I tend to just listen to podcasts. (laughs) What's your favorite (laughs) podcast right now? (laughs) Pretty much like uh, New York Times Daily or New York Times podcasts, um, what comes out of NPR, I, I, I'm not these days when I literally, my head hits the pillow, I'm out like a light and I appreciate that about myself. I learned to fall asleep really, really fast. And that's the time in which I would read other times. I'm probably doing work or walking or doing something where I'm, where I'm listening to podcasts. So. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Helen, what about you? Yes, I have the Quinn Essentials uh, for Women, Nine Transformational Tools to Accomplish Anything. And I love this book. And I serendipitously met uh, the author this past week when I was in Los Angeles. And that was so exciting too. Oh, fabulous. Well, we'll make sure that is linked in the show notes. Um, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I just finished it last night. It's called The 12 Hour Walk by Colin O'Brady. It is a phenomenal book. He is this world renowned record holder, adventurous endurance athlete who essentially was faced at COVID with, as all we were, being shut down and trapped inside. And essentially, he goes on a 12 hour walk with no phone, you know, only the essentials, right? But like completely unplugged. And it's about taking that time for that self meditation to overcome and identify what your Everest is, your biggest challenge and equipping yourself. It's kind of like self-coaching on a walk. Uh, so like, definitely had a lot of those vibrations there. <laughs> uh, and it's a pretty easy, quick read. So definitely those two are going on my list. As we are all coaches here, um, you all know that I love mindset tips at the end of every episode. So I would actually love to hear from you or your favorite mindset tip. And I'm particularly curious to see whether or not it's changed now that you've become a coach. So let's go with Megan first. Favorite mindset tip, Megan? Yeah. So I think one of the big things that I've learned is my favorite tool right now to challenge anything that I'm going through is what's the best thing that can happen and what's the worst thing that can happen and making sure that I'm really challenging myself in reality. I love that. It's like bringing that reality front and center that we talk about all the time, like just bring it here. It's not as scary when we bring it up close. I love that. Helen, what about you? Pause and breathe. Like I just, I, by the way, I just finished a book called Breathe as well about the importance of breathing and how we breathe. And so pausing, taking a step back and just breathing to calm myself and reset myself has been super powerful. It's so funny you say that. Literally earlier today, I was recording a training from my Lit Up Leadership Academy on breathing. <laughs> so it's just so funny. I'm like, they need, to, I talk about it, but they actually need some like proper training on this. I just hit record on that. It'll be live probably before this podcast episode is live because my editing team get to my training as fast as they get to the podcast. <laughs> um, Catherine, what about you? Mine has been the same for a really long time, and that is um, not to get too emotional about things where they would affect you in a way that I think about um, like a layer of Teflon, especially at work. You know, things change all the time. You have to think about building Teflon over the years for that sense of resiliency and perseverance. And when things come your way, just let them hit and slide off before you react. And it's, it's the Teflon factor. I heard that years ago from somebody and I thought, wow, that's a really great way of kind of looking at the world. And, and it's, it's not that you're ignoring things. It's that you're just really separating yourself from what is going on in order to think about it, in order to step into it with the right mindset and that that layer is is a way to kind of create that level of a divorce. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, I call it the Teflon mode because my coach, call out to my coach, Corey Javid, who is amazing. I adore her. I've worked with her for years. I can't, she's never allowed to leave me. I've told her this. And um, she first taught me about Teflon mode, as she calls it. And it's just like, just washes off you. It's just, mm-hmm. it can hit me and I will be okay because it's just going to wash off again. I will take what I need. 
and and leave the rest behind. I love that so, so much. And it took me so many years to get that. So I love that you've called that out, Catherine, because it does take time to build it, right? Like you can't just wake up and do that. Like how did how did you develop that skill, Catherine? Um, well, it was it was really funny. I think I when I heard it, it resonated really well with me. And um, it was actually a manager who gave me that advice. And um, her name was Lisa. And at that time, you know, it was something where when it happened, whenever things would happen, I would always look at how she reacted. And I saw her exercising that Teflon mode, which gave me a model on how to exercise it myself. And then I just grew to the level of, you know, that resiliency in that moment. And over the couple of years, as you said, it's not easy to just do it, but you really have to, you know, it's a learned skill and having, mm-hmm. having her as a model along with the advice was a, was a great way for me to learn it. I love that. I love that so much. Um, this has been amazing. So let's just remind everybody how they can connect with you. Um, if you could share like your favorite way to connect, let's start with Helen. LinkedIn. Okay. I'll make sure that link is in the show notes. I think I've got all your LinkedIn's. <laughs> Megan. Yep. Same thing. LinkedIn. It's Megan K. Walsh. There's a lot of Megan Walsh's out there. So. <laughs> and Catherine, what about you? Same thing. It's all LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I love this. We're all LinkedIn ladies. I love it. That's like my primary place I hang out. I'm on all the platforms, but I basically only hang out on LinkedIn. So I love that. Just to wrap up, any final thoughts, key takeaways that you would like to leave our audience with? Megan, what's the number one thing you want to leave the audience with? I think Helen said it best is that coaching is a life skill. I will say as somebody who's been in therapy pretty much the majority of my life, the element of adding coaching as a coach, receiving coaching is so amplifying to the deep work that you do. It is not a replacement for therapy, but it is a life skill. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing that. Helen, what about you? Just do it. Thank you. I would agree. Uh, Catherine. Yeah, I would say the same. It's um, it's it's a really valuable tool to have in your toolkit. And it is something that you can apply to all aspects of your life, not just not just your professional life, but as we talked earlier, a little bit about family life too. And even people you interact with, neighbors, friends. It's just a really nice way to learn something about yourself and how you can interact with others in a very positive way encouraging way and help them through things and see themselves differently um, throughout the process. Thank you. Oh, I love this so much. I could honestly, like we could chat all day. You three are just amazing. I am so honored to have you in my life, each and every one of you. I am honored to have coached and trained you. And I just, I'm so excited for where each of you are going to go in your journeys. Um, And I look forward to continuing this conversation, maybe on the podcast at some point as well. We'd love to hear where you are in like a couple of years time and see where we've gone. But for the listeners, if you're listening and thinking, wow, this sounds like what I want to do, go check out the show notes. There is a link to Coach Academy in there. Doors are currently open. Doors will close mid-September and we will be kicking off mid-September with the next round of Coach Academy. It is a 12-week program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out, but head to tonycollis.com forward slash Coach Academy. But remember, until next time, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.